Hey, what if there was a game about Napoleonic warfare, but you were fighting over turnips, and you were a disgusting turnip person yourself? Hey, it's a fortified niche. I'm JC Dent. And I'm the tubia, tubular casa. Ah, gee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... This is your favorite small podcast about small war games, and today we're uh, dealing with uh, Turnip 28. But before that, how are you today, Cass? Terrible. Um, don't ever get shingles, it's bad. And sprained limbs take quite longer to heal when you're like early 30s, not mid-30s at all. Otherwise, great. <laughs> yep, we are, we are all slowly turning into disgusting uh, turnip men ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, the podcast audience can't see it, but we're doing this via video, and I spy with my little eye that uh, Casa today is clad in Superman Red Sun t-shirt, which looks extra cool. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite Elseworlds. It's a good story, written by a weird guy, and with an awful ending, but, you know, the journey's fun. (laughs) Speaking of weird guys and uh, fun journeys, Turnip 28. One point. 6A edition. Yeah, there's something to be said about the development of the game because our first playtest was in 1.6 and then 1.6A dropped in the in the interim. So you can say that this game is in a healthy healthy development, but it is already playable. Yeah, very playable. On the other hand, we should we probably start and we should probably start from describing the setting, which there isn't too much of. The world has ended like maybe thousands of years ago. Everything is just roots and turnips and uh, frogmen and the mutated limbs and thumbs now are uh, still stuck in something approaching to and close to Napoleonic era of warfare and styling, but also taking a lot of influences from the from the uh, earlier eras. So if you want, ever wanted to have uh, Napoleonic Grenadiers with uh, night helmets and stuff, uh, this game is all, is for you. But also all of your horses are some sort of uh, weird tuber creatures, not actual horses. Definitely a lot of freedom in how you want to approach this and think about the setting, which is nice. Uh, that's about the premise. I, the, uh, I don't think the uh, campaign rules are out yet, but the most of the game is just uh, building your small armies and just uh, mushing them at each other. Uh, if you want factions, uh, cults exist. Uh, they they have very little fluff and only a little a little bit more in the rules. But uh, so you can uh, I guess envision what kind of weird societies exists in a small German arch arch bridge. One of those small, uh, one of those small uh, church land holdings in Germany, and weird future of nothing but tubers everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really weird. It's it's weird in a good way. It's weird in a way that like it really inspires you. To, like have a lot of fun with what you want to do without just having to go and buy a bunch of Victrix minis, Napoleonics. Yeah, yeah. So that that's basically the setting as it exists. It's an excuse to have weird fast. Uh, Napoleonic battles. Speaking of which, I, this is the sound of rules section incoming. So the game is, I'd say, fairly light, fairly easy to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the strongest point of reference I found when thinking about it was its saga with extra 
Um, Croft, any goodbye? I'd say it's a bit easier th than Saga because you don't have the whole weirdness with uh, the order board. Maybe it's like Saga without order board. Yeah. On the other hand, it also features alternating activations because like the easiest way to start would maybe be uh, referencing the whole uh, like turn sequence, which is like first, whichever guy has the, auto the uh, initiative chooses an officer to activate. Then that officer activates a unit within range and then you alternate until there are no unactivated officers left. And then you go alternating, activating units that didn't have an officer command them. And uh, while uh, both, while all units except for officers can fuck up when they activate, the units activating without officers can activate special uh, scenario specific uh, blunder conditions. An activated unit can uh, carry out one of uh, like, Four? Four or five orders in the game, with uh, with each order having a different sort of blunder scenario. Like, volley fire is just stand and shoot with better accuracy, but if you blunder the order roll, you don't get the bonus accuracy and stuff. So, yeah. A unit carries out an order, and then you go to another unit. Yeah, it's fast. I like it. It's, um, yeah, it's simple. Um, you never feel like, well, I failed, so now my turn's over. It's more like, I failed, now I can't do as much as I wanted. Now my charge is plus d6 rather than 2d6, and I'm still moving my full move, so still a big charge. Yeah, yeah, and of course, like, you know, scenario blunders exist, will st which <laughs> still allow you to use your units, but they it can cost you more, like... One of them, you lose d3 models, which can be terrifying if your army, if, you're, if you've got the, um, the big heavy calf who have three models... <laughs> And then you're like, oh no! <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no! There goes my entire unit. So much for those bastards. Yeah, yeah. The rest, the, the the rest of it is fairly easy movement. I don't think there's even much to talk about. It. You just move and hope you don't run into dangerous terrain because then you roll dangerous terrain checks, which removes models, not wounds, which is very important. I mean, quite a few things in this game interact with models rather than their HP pools. So it can be much more deadly to cavalry than uh, than, than infantry. Shooting is interesting in that uh, you both fire at each other if, if you're in range and you're mo most of the time you are in range because every unit that can get, uh, every actual unit that can get black powder weapons or any other weapon has uh, the same range. So, like, you know, if the enemy's in range, so are we. Yeah. As they say in Wargame. Which is good. And then keep them moving, you're um, shooting. There's very um, reasons to sit still and shoot, but not as much as you want to be, like, yeah. positioning and whatnot. Yeah, I like it. There's four orders. It's simple. It's like, yeah, there's no... I want to do a very complex order. Like, no, you get to do... You can walk and shoot or walk or charge or another one. <laughs> yeah, it's simple. It's great. Melee is a bit different because uh, Melee uh, has the, uh, well, not Warhammer initiative, but something close to it, that the attacker t attacks first, then if you don't die, you attack, you fight back, and then and then if nobody wins, you keep doing that until somebody wins, and wins is determined by wounds. And considering that most common units strike on a d6 roll of a six, sometimes on a four or a five. 
it can be really hard to come up with a vector in certain scenarios. Yeah. And so you can go for three or five rounds before you actually find out who, if any, if, who won the, who won the melee round. Yeah, which can be kind of, um, if you've got like a little slap fight going of a snob versus a snob and you're, you're rolling a five plus and I'm rolling a five plus, it can be a while before there's like a wound inflicted. But also don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that 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 can take some time. Yeah, and uh, then there's also panic and retreating. There's a lot of retreating in this game because you basically retreat from everything. Mm. Uh, there's also re- and the panic mechanic, which outside of cult rules has no way of removing panic tokens, only work when it comes to receiving charges because that's the only time you check for panic. Yeah, which is neat. Are you getting charged? Yes. Are are you? Will you panic? We don't know. <laughs> Probably. It's a, a 7 plus on a D6, and ones always succeed. So even if you've got the maximum amount of stress, oh, sorry, panic tokens, which is 6, you can still get away with it, which is absurd. But, you know, good on you for rolling that clutch one. It's definitely something, and, and I guess it makes sense that the game doesn't want to overcomplicate itself with rallying rules. Mm. And it, only, it only ever wants you to go forward and smash someone. And I guess the whole army going go, going ever more into shambles as the uh, game goes on is very true to the setting where it's just a bunch of dumbass losers uh, trying to get into fights with each other. And it's uh, eventually it's a tragicomical slap fight over some tubers. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it works well. Um, it's a very simple way of doing the morale. It doesn't require a lot of charts and graphs and... Um, sin cost functions on calculators and there's not much in the way of like cascading morale values until you hit like cults where some guys have things like i shoot you and everyone next to you takes extra stress or panic sorry or my guys arrive on the board from outflanking you with maximum panic so that's not great for them the probably the hardest thing about panic is that it can make your units retreat when charged and if you if your charge distance is still enough to catch up to the unit that retreated, you're just automatically wiping them, and it doesn't matter what, what unit was charged or what unit was charged. And as it happened in our in our uh, second game, Casa uh, wiped out a unit of my <laughs> grenadiers with his uh, officers. So uh, <laughs> yeah, my my stuff ran up as like, like oh! optimal. Oh no, it's a dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we're too committed to our Napoleonic bit to fight it back. No. Yeah, because charge is your move plus 3d6, and if you panic, it's d6 plus double panic tokens, basically. So if you've got three panic tokens, it's d6 plus 6. If you've got 6, it's d6 plus, oh, yeah, d6 plus 12. Which means you might still be caught a long time. I might run off the board, which also wipes you out. We found, we think. Or you might run through your uh, friendly units, which makes you make dangerous terrain tests, or maybe run into dangerous terrain, which also makes you make dangerous terrain tests. Or maybe you run into the edge of the board, as Casa mentioned, which makes you lose uh, panic tokens or or access range, I don't remember which, in miniatures. Again, which can be very deadly in small uh, small, uh, number units. I, I think I detected some soupçon uh, of uh, War Machine thinking when it comes to retreats and what you do with them in the rule set, like this sort of like gamey approach, like, hey, maybe make units retreat so that they can't uh, in in such uh, conditions that they can, that they prevent friends from shooting or maybe others from charging. So I was like, hmm, 
I, 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 I've seen this sort of thinking somewhere already. It's in a game we'll never review because it's by Privateer Press and it's a big company. And it's very dead. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. It, um, it really encourages you to play the game in a way that maybe harkens back to actual Napoleonic sort of vibes in a way that like Super Bayonet didn't and Oathmark wishes it could. Um, you can like wheel and roll and move your guys around as much as you want during your turn while you're moving, but if you get flanked or if you get charged, like it's not going to be ideal. The one cool thing about the rules that I like, which I think is also in Saga, if one guy makes it, the whole squad fights. But you've still got to be within like an 8-inch bubble of everyone else, kind of like the old, well, the current Infinity... Coherency range. Yeah, like coherency is an 8-inch bubble, from like the first, two furthest guys. Everyone else could be like an inch of another friend. So you can't just be like daisy-chaining your whole squad across the board, which is fine. Yeah, I like it. Coherency, not from not by just miniature to miniature, like one or two inches, but like they for the entire squad is one of those ideas that think should I, that I think should stick around uh, in all wargaming to prevent so the like you know <laughs> thirty crude on the edge of the edge of the table deployment scenarios and other stuff you'd find in Warhammer. Yeah. Uh, and it gives you a lot of sorry, yeah, it's a lot of freedom to make like. Um, Kings of War style bases, like big scenic things with that as well. You can you can just get out your little um movement trays and stuff as well from your just uh, yeah did that a song of ice and fire, which is what I was doing for the playtest. And you just had your guys free, and both worked really well. Yeah, yeah. This the the uh, rules explicitly mentioned that uh, multi basing is okay as long as you can track casualties. And considering how fast the stuff dies in this game, you probably don't need to track them that much. Yeah. Because, like, uh, we mentioned unit stats and stuff. They have very few stats. There's movement. There, that's, there's their inaccuracy rating, which uh, goes for both shooting and melee. There's the amount of attacks they do in uh, close combat. And then there's also their armor save, well, vulnerability save, which is almost always, like, a 5 plus or a 6 plus on a D6. So... Uh, Everyone's here, uh, trash, garbage man, and they're dying as such. Yeah, it feels good. Like, it's a short set. Unit cards would be easy to um, print up. It's like five sets for a dude and weapon range and then special abilities if they have them. Speaking of, speaking of which, that we're walking into army building because it's a little hard to talk about the more special rules in the game without going into army building because that's where... That's where a surprising amount of the game resides in. Hmm. So for army building, it's generally assumed that you'll be playing a game with three officers, which are called snobs in the game because, again, Napoleonic warfare, uh, everyone's being led by a pompous asshole who imagines that the men underneath him are barely above human. And while that might be true in uh, in Turnip 28, it wasn't exactly a thing. <laughs> wasn't exactly true to life in the real world. I mean, it's a cheapest uh, fit. People are still people, remember? Mm. So and one of uh, so one of the officers is called a Toff. So he's the most aristocratic of the bunch, and the two others are called Toadies. And then they bring their followers, which is your, you know, meat and potatoes units. A Toff can bring in two followers, a Toadie can bring in one per, and they can only uh, ever command their own unit of followers. The way 
officers exist in this game aren't exactly as abstract as it is in uh, Black Powder, where if, I, if memory serves, or, or was it Pike and Shot, where officer units just basically almost exist as tokens. You can still fight and attack officers in this game, but it's a bit harder, and you definitely don't want to attack or fight with your officers because they're they're very much, this is a single dude armed as a single dude is, and fighting 12 dudes, he's probably going to lose. Yeah, unless you can... Um charge a black powder unit so they can't stand and shoot you which is probably like the one time you'd want to do it i mean assuming you didn't have a better option which is literally anything else yeah i mean this is the edge cases i guess but if a snob has lost their own unit you can use it to just charge a black powder unit uh, uh, which will have to stand and shoot and once they stand and shoot they receive their black powder token and they can no longer act in a turn Hmm. black powder units uh well, black powder weapons is one of the weapon options in the game because... One of uh, three. Regular units, or all, all regular followers except for the cannon, I guess, choose you can choose what they will be armed with. And you can char- choose from black powder weapons, which are not at all special except for the whole black powder token thing. Which means you can only shoot once a turn, either on your um, own action or reaction to being charged or being shot at. There are also... Uh, other projectile weapons, which can be like sharpened potatoes, javelins, bows, and crossbows, which don't get tokens, but increase the enemy vulnerability save by two. So that's, we discussed this, if it's a good balancing thing, because like on one hand, you're shooting whenever you want and wherever you want. On the other hand, everyone's getting much better saves than they have now. So uh, mm. questionable utility, but... But maybe it was something they uh, discovered in playtesting. I, I, I assume they did more extensive playtesting than we did. <laughs> and the third weapon option for normal people is close combat weapons, which lets you reroll charge ranges and also increase your inaccuracy by one, which makes it easier to, to stab people. Meanwhile, the officers just get their pistol and saber, which exist. You can shoot someone and it won't, and you won't get a black powder token and you can fight someone, but you won't get any bonuses. And uh, this is something we consider that should be also be an option for maybe cavalry mm. to Napoleonic it up a bit. But hey, maybe there's a reason why they decided against it. Yeah, it seems to work all right for um, the games you play. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to sort of alter the assumptions too. Like I have a unit of bastards, which is the three models. Three wounds, four attack guys with black powder guns. Like, aha, I'm just going to shoot you. What? <laughs> and then charge you. Oh, uh, no, I've shot. I can't charge anyone. Oh, well. Time to beat <laughs> your death. Yeah, and uh, he mentioned bastards, and it's like one of the followers' units you can choose. There's not too many of them, but they're really closely mapped to what you expect from a Napoleonic game. Father is your main... Is your regular Joe Schmo infantry. They're common 12 and they have one special rule and that if they if they if they have more than 10 dudes at the start of the turn round they become fearless which is a special rule dealing with panic you have your brutes which is your napoleonic grenadiers they are six six miniatures per and they're uh tougher in close combat and i don't know if they're fearless by default i don't think they are and there's also your chaff, which is your uh, sharps uh, rifles fantasy come true because those guys can shoot anyone that doesn't have to be the closest unit and anyone shooting at him suffers penalties. So I've, I've used them to great effect in our uh, second playtesting game where a unit of chaff 
just sniped uh, Cass's stuff, which is uh, like, you know, a big loss. And wasted, he wasted some artillery fire on them because they're like, haha, <laughs> we're chaff, you can't really sh shoot at us that well. So Stop you're it. in. So that 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 firing penalty they, that 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 accuracy penalty that they give units firing at them takes you into improbable hit territory which means rolling a 6 and then rolling a far 4 5 or a 6 so like you know yeah. chaff uh, more survivable than four dudes would imply then you move into your cavalry which is split into whelps which is all of your light cavalry hussars other guys they're special in that way uh, that they actually get a bonus for moving and shooting or charging i think uh, i didn't charge with them so uh they're your first they're one of your first multi-wound units because i think they have two or three per and then there's bastards which is your uh, chasseurs your heavy heavy cavalry of the napoleonic era which are absolute bastards in, clo in close combat on the other hand both cavalry units are free multi-wound units and remember all those conditions that remove models and not inflict harm so hmm. like yeah be careful with that which is stump gun yeah and the stump gun is your napoleonic non-napoleonic cannon because it's immobile and it can explode so it's something more of a pike and shot era thing uh but again remember that these aren't professional armies the guns even said are just plucked out from the bog so they're of qu questionable functionality uh, either way. And the can cannon, cannon can explode and maybe will explode. It also, it also causes wounds that you can't prevent. And it also has a pregame bombardment. And yep, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that, those are your units. You'll have four of them in any combination. Yeah, depending if you want to play a larger size game, you can play a larger size game and have more models. Um, good game is three snobs. But there's no reason you can't be like a five snob game or higher if you want to be get really into Waterloo or something, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, the root, ve root vegetable cops aren't looking to whatever, but the game says it's balanced yeah. uh, around, like, using using uh, free snobs. And also what the game rules mention is that they've tested the units to be roughly equal uh, on battlefield on and some while some perform better in some conditions than the others. It's said not to worry too much about it. We've tested them. And this is an attitude I like. The, uh, you'd think a game like that, a free game online about being a silly vegetable Napoleon, would be more in the category of, oh, this isn't a competition game. Mm -hmm. We didn't balance and like work it out with a friend. You, you and do it, it for absolutely us. Isn't. And uh, I love, I love it. Yeah, caring that the game is balanced enough to be fun is really cool. <laughs> Thank you, game for doing the work we expected you to do, which is to balance yourself for our benefit. Yeah, thanks for doing almost the bare minimum. You're doing it well, like I'll give them that. Yeah, so, but that, 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 should be the, that should be the basics then, but then you get into the cults. Yeah, the cults are a lot, there's a lot going on in the cults. Um... Yeah, the cults are basically your, the, as close as you can get to a faction in the game. They're color-coded by difficulty level because some cults are easier to use because they change very little and some cults are just are just wild. And there's like, well, I don't know if there's like 20 of them, but there's quite a bit, uh, the 16. quite a lot of the cults. 16, yeah. yeah. So uh, for our second game, I used a very easy cult called Slug's Lament, which turns your brutes into... what. Uh, look, it's basically literally playing Napoleon, the uh, vegetable. 
because it turns your brutes into grenadiers, which are a bit better than regular brutes. And you get a free unit of grenadiers called the old guard, but, but it stays off table until the round three. Mm. The game lasts four rounds. It stays off table at round three and, and, and then it arrives with six panic tokens and also your tough and tow. So you have to, so you have to make do without your uh, monster activation guy, the tough for three turns, uh, but that's, then you get him and a free unit, which can help turn the, turn the tide of the game. And as we mentioned before, having officer activate units only gives you a jump uh, before the enemy, like, you know, the chance to act before the enemy does and also avoid scenario blunders. So that's a fairly, that's a fairly easy cult to play and get your head around. Meanwhile, uh, Casa was playing the uh, rocket battery of St. Alamo. <laughs> yeah, St. Alamo's rocket, rocket battery. Which gives you, which allows you to take two special uh, artillery pieces, which are basically Napoleonic frame rockets. And uh, they do more attacks than regular cannons. And they cause a lot of panic to units that are close to the units you're shooting at. And there are also things like you can, uh, I guess, shed panic tokens by making your own guys explode in a unit. Yeah, some, when you wipe out the unit, there's more panic tokens because they explode. Yeah, and also if your unit, when your unit gets removed, you give nearby units more panic tokens because they exploded, and it's, I, and it's a harder, uh, it's a harder unit to play than like you know the slugs lemon. And you know, I'm going to say that I like the cults. I like their, I, both their idea and the individual cults. Um, there's a cool Wikiman reference that I quite like. You set up a giant effigy on the other side of the table and um, makes it hard for them to do anything else. And eventually it'll wake up. <laughs> but yeah, because cults can get really wild. Like there's the Red Ribbon Society where your point is to capture those areas of dangerous terrain upon which point uh, gardeners start using those plots to raise uh, potatoes or the potato tokens or whatever and then you can spend those potato tokens to empower your units which is like how many games have armies that make you take dangerous terrain like you know not 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 objectives like mm. even taking any like piece of dangerous terrain is good for you like that's that's not that's not usually a thing and it and it can like affect the game wildly like there was one cult I really uh, I'd probably play if I was by bu buying and making models for my game, which is the uh, I don't even remember how it's called, but it replaces your tough with a relic bearer, and you have a holy relic. And that cult is all about uh, playing with panic tokens because if your units have uh, free panic tokens per, they become better at attacking and both your and both the root vegetable uh, shrine and your officers can uh, manipulate panic tokens by taking away from your guys and giving it to either your guys or to the enemy so uh oh yeah the procession of war yeah that seems interesting but i also just like the idea of replacing my tough with a uh, fancy diorama unit of like you know yeah. uh, a, a relic carrier like um cinderella's a pumpkin chariot, but leaving it as a pumpkin. Much more explicitly. <laughs> yeah, you can entirely do that. Like, you know, there's no no rivet counting here. Nobody can tell you that you're doing historically unrealistic hanged Harry or whatever it was, strangled Harry. 
Uh, that's the wrong shade yeah, so of Feldgrau for Germany in 1944. Uh, don't you know how efficient their painting system was? How do you? <laughs> yep, uh, 50 shades of Feldgrau. Mm. Uh, you can do that in this game. Yeah, the cults are neat. I like the cults. Um, there's also talk of mutations for... Oh, the cults are neat. I like the cults. Uh, the mutation system is kind of, I guess, a set campaign system. There, yeah, there's, there is going to be a campaign system which comes with a mutation system and one of the cults allows you to play with the mutations before that system is out. Or maybe it will be a Patreon paid exclusive, I don't yeah. know. But, but it's not in the main game yet. It does reference it when you um, take a cult that says your Toph, the new Toph or new leader inherits all of the mutations they have. Yeah, like Todd Spolly mentions it, the Brotherhood of Greed mentions it. So I'm not sure. But it looks, it looks fun, it looks, you know. Yeah, it's all good fun. It's all good. It's all good stuff all around. As long as you like the Napoleonics, and I guess this was uh, Cass's sticking point, which he <laughs> says he doesn't. Um, yeah, like I understand Australia was really active in the Napoleonic era, and like we had a big role to play with um, coming up with the pressure and stuff, and fighting in this and those dashing Bobby white uniforms. Yeah, it's just so handsome. Um, it's just racism against Europe. Yeah, I just it's not for me, and it's fine. Not everything is for me. Um, but this looks cool. This is fun. Like it's saga fit with black powder guns, and I love I love guns. Well, it, 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 this game is really lethal, and your stuff is going to die fast. But again, this is a, this is kind of like the idea of the game. You are going to die like a dog in the dirt and the muck, and uh, that's okay because this is a fundamentally unserious setting uh, yeah. for unserious adventures. Someone just like. Someone has seen one Bosch painting too many, so maybe maybe slept, uh, maybe had a drunken vision of uh, John Blanche and then made a game setting made based around it. Uh, so yeah, just you know, don't get tied. Uh, lovingly convert your units, but don't get tied too much to them surviving. But that's okay because the game goes really fast and. Uh, there's really not much to like, you know, waft, waft about like not nothing to 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 extend the game too much, especially once you know the rules. Yeah, for a four round game, um, it plays very fast. Four units getting yeah. one of four rotors, uh, but the the speed of the game doesn't mean there's a lack of depth to it. You can you could get really into this um, and have a lot of fun with it. I'm sure. Yeah. And also, you could probably just ignore all yeah. like the turnip side of it and just use your normal. Um, polling guys and have more, small skirmishes and they'd probably be also enjoyable. Oh uh, yeah, and since we're talking about Napoleonic and guys, I guess this is time to talk about buying miniatures and uh, as Cassa mentioned before, a uh, good option to buy and convert all those Victrixes and other good Napoleonic guys. And even if you buy the uh, the War, Warlord Games offering, which some people say aren't exactly accurate and stuff well they're accurate now baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they're uh max richard's creator uh main game designer of turnip has a bunch of 3d printable stuff on his site to give you um conversion pieces and for like all the big doodads that you might need um there's a pretty active community building stuff if you have access to a printer or like shapeways in america or other printing groups i'm sure around the world but yeah, like Turnip Twenty Eight is what we learn. What at least I learned about it from is from all the conversions that they're doing, and it's all doing John Blanche Napoleonic turnips. It's like, what if uh, medieval marginalia was 
boosted in time like by three, five hundred years. And now it's not uh, like, you know, rabbits on snails, but rotting infantrymen with the, those long snouted helmets and stuff. Uh, basically, it's it's the most excuse Napoleonic gamers have gotten to get creative with their miniature collections since probably ever because usually the draw of napoleonics is painful is painstakingly recreating that one regiment with its lapel pins and like fringe colors and that but this game is absolutely not that you come up with the i guess idea of your army and you make some guys which with moss growing on their heads and stuff there's one image in like slug's lament of a a tired grenadier guy with a knight's helmet and i love it absolutely and i'd love to have that guy <laughs> so somewhere around here and there are army pictures in the uh rule book and they look absolutely lovely and there's also margin doodles oh yeah of course like iconic designs of of turnip 28 in the book so uh get the free rule book look at those units get inspired and convert some something of your own yeah have me check on all the um 3D websites. Uh, Thingiverse had a really active guy going. I can't seem to find anymore, which is helpful. Um, but Cults has more stuff there. That might just be Thingiverse yeah. search function not working True. because that thing doesn't doesn't work more often than uh, not. Big Mister Tong, Big Mister Tong, one word on Cults had a bunch of um, like helmets and masks and backpacks that you could use to convert up stuff, like the um, oh, the weird weird helmets with square eyes. They've got some of the artworks. Um, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of lot of freedom to take with this, and it's just been, if I was good with the green stuff, it'd be exciting. But you can always just like learn how to use mesh mixer or your own stuff. You can keep it. You can play it as straight as you want, or go with. Yeah, or you can just buy one uh, like Argincourt English box and one Napoleonics box if they're existing plastic from Perry Brothers. Smash them together. Paint them entirely in browns, wash them with Agrax Earthshade, and just go wild. Yeah. And everybody will love you for it. <laughs> I, I, well, 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 one other thing I really liked in the rulebook is that they have uh, all those like uh, insignia and shields. Like, And then you can say, like, ah, I recognize this. This is a reference to the swelling cult and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So you don't have to build an army to be around the cult because. I guess the cults are made to be switched aroundable, but you can also just go with the cult that you think you like. Oh, and if you don't know if you like the game or if the game works for you and stuff, they have a really, really neat tabletop simulator module. Oh yeah, as much as you can, if and as much as you can recommend tabletop simulator these days. Really nice, well done, absolutely gorgeous module uh so that's how you can see if you're if uh yeah. if the game is for you the rules are free on their patreon which is easily found by patreon channel 28 and the rule book is like a piece of art yeah gorgeous so uh, not, not quite as pretty as black powder red sand but still very very readable and nice to look at. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that you don't always get, which was uh, uh, RC rulebook that is also easy to read. Mm, so it's a nice thing to say. Yeah, yeah. And also they uh, release patches and patches come, I mean patches, new rulebook, uh, new rulebook releases, which also come with a printer-friendly version and also a change log, which is like, yeah, love to see it. You actually keep track of what's changed without being like, I have to read the whole book again. I have to read it again. I'm not reading the whole book again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to read it twice. So, uh, yeah. 
so yeah, that's I guess uh, uh, all the model recommendations are we're going to do. Uh, so so b before we exhaust the next section, we should move into it. So compliment sandwich, you start. Um, well, I'm just going to go back and say the art before you get a chance to. Haha, the art's great. The art's incredible. Uh, Blanche is an easy like inspiration point. Um, I'm sure we're all familiar with his great work. Um, but there's a uniqueness to it as well. Like the, you see enough of the turnip stuff coming, it's like, oh, it's, it's cute and it's really interesting. It's just nice. It's yeah, just yeah, art. The, yeah. The 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 art is great. It's especially the especially or like even the small doodles and the uh, like margins. They're great. I, I love them. I'm going to say that I like that uh, the thing that you mentioned that it might be rules light, but it's not shallow. Yeah. Because like you know, the moving parts are somewhat easy to understand, and there's not too many of them. But you can really go get in there, and it also can be even uh, and it also can be. Uh, well reflective of like Napoleonic era because like I've read somewhere at some point that like you know hey maybe not a lot of those not a lot of those like you know bayonet melees uh, ha actually happened because a lot of the time guys uh, guys see guys going at them and they're like shit I don't want to be here when someone's <laughs> coming to stab me no it's, maybe it's fine you can have it and this this is absolutely what happens in the game and if you get wiped out during a route well. Guess how most of the lopsided uh, wipeouts happened in real history? Like th that's when someone catches a fleeing unit, and uh, also it uh, it makes cavalry scary, which is not something that was a thing in, <laughs> in Silver Bayonet. Yeah, bastards are awful because you reroll successful um, panic tests if they charge you, and that's that's not great. <laughs> that clutch one doesn't mean much. <laughs> and also remember. Units charge their movement allowance plus 2d6 and bastards are 12 inches yeah. by default. So take it, so they can chase you for 24 inches. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck running away. So I think you didn't like. I think I didn't like. Um, well, I, I said it like the Napoleonic swap is it. I like, I like that I don't have to paint like the exact period accurate uniforms to have fun with this. But mostly I just don't like that um, the dearth of scenarios. Like three scenarios isn't a lot. And I don't like how they give you the measurements for it. You draw a line down the middle and 12 inches from that. Okay, but what about the other way? Just give me both. And um, I'm not quite sure how... Yeah, I don't know. It's just scenarios mostly. I wish there was more scenarios. Yeah, that, that is a fair point. There are like three scenarios in the main book. And while some of them are... I, I, I think there was more before this... Uh, 1.6a patch but i might be misremembering but i wish they had more they they they're that maybe they're constrained by what cults does because some of them can really uh mess up your whole shit but yeah more, more scenarios would be right on my end uh i don't know if i have real real solid complaints that to say just there's a bad mouthfeel when it comes to like just having four units it feels like ah mm -hmm. oh, man uh, 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 I mean, yes, when every choice costs something, that is good game design. But this is the, the, at this point, you're like, ah, oh, man, but if I take if I take only one father unit, that doesn't feel very Napoleonic of me to have only one unit of loser losers with muskets. But if I take but if I take two of those units, then I can take only two units. But if I take a cannon then i can't take a chaff or cavalry so yeah and that's why i love the cults that give you either extra stuff or replaces your officers with something though other cults do replace your other units so you can have like crap cavalry instead uh, instead of a regular unit and stuff so yeah that's my uh 
thing I don't like. That's <laughs> right. It's hard to feel like you're commanding an army when you've got four squads on the table, which is fair. You're not, you're not doing yeah. Waterloo, you're doing like a skirmish. Like that's, that's what they want to do, so I guess me. Okay, so second compliment. Ask that vanilla one? Can I say the art again? Because the art's that good. <laughs> I, honestly, like, I'm going to counter your complaint and say that I like that house. I like how small the game is. I like that it's four dudes, four spots of dudes, and you can just take four cannons if you're feeling really lazy one day. Like, oh, I can't, I can't advance. Ah, you're going to be dead, so I'll win that way. <laughs> I'll kill all your guys. Haha, <laughs> victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the, the, our last game did uh, come down to that if I can kill his uh, last snob. Uh, because that's a game under condition, mm. so but he at that point he was winning by objectives held, and uh, I eventually won by sniping his last snob. Just, yeah, it's fun. Um, honestly, like the, the real the real the real positive that I have is that I like how much freedom they offer you in going. You can either go really hardcore, proper Napoleonic speed, into all the way over to like this weird potato man or actual fox, um, actual fungus and moss. Um, Stuck to what looks like a, fo- a square or round base. I'm like, this is my army. It's slightly alive. So many games you can get that in. Here is my root relic. It is actually powering my phone. Yeah, there, there are a few games like you know that are rules agnostic and allow you to, to build anything, but don't provide you a strong visual reference. Yeah, or maybe a guide. But this game feels very inviting for you to more like any other game that we review. That feels very inviting for you to just bash whatever. As long as it goes in the certain direction of turnip twenty eight, yeah, you've got, you've got maybe even then. Lots of base, um, lots of freedom in base sizes from a twenty millimeter round to like a thirty millimeter square for most of the infantry, and then the, the artillery is yeah. on that size and stuff. And it's just like yeah, it's just free to be like, hey, you could do something really cool with this, or you could be just like really ordinary and just like bash some Victrix man at arms guys with some I don't know Perry knights. And like ha, done. Meanwhile, I don't remember what my first compliment was, so. <laughs> Can I say that it still feels Napoleonic despite it, uh, despite like, you know, all the weirdness? Like it, it, it feels like Napoleonic should feel despite, yeah. despite being a weird game about, you know, two bear combat and a small forgotten bit of far future apocalyptic Germany. It doesn't feel like it's just trying. And it also does bore with the team that Sludge Wars does come at me, bro. <laughs> Fuck Sludge Wars. All my homies hate Sludge Wars. Yep. <laughs> All the real players know that Sludge Wars is a pale shadow of Turnip 28. Mm. I think you're right, like, but, it, yeah, um, if you know what you're doing with Napoleonics, this is a great way to represent it. Or just, like, introduce someone to Napoleonics, like, hey, you know, we're doing a rank and flank war game with black powder weapons, maybe you'd like this, and then, oh no, now you're gonna have to build, like, the Peninsula Campaign British or something, I don't know. It's my one Napoleonic thing. Yeah, to yeah. <laughs> It's a good way to backdoor sneak in Napoleonic warfare and suddenly they find themselves with like 250 dudes they have to paint as some sort of Polish legion that was in Spain at 805 or something. Like, like. No, we'll stick to the mushroom guys, thanks. <laughs> Trick your guys into playing LaSalle with you. Hmm. So, Casa, would you play this game? Oh, I don't know. Um, I like how simple it is, I like how fast it is. But I like Saga for that more, and the Saga battle boards is slightly more exciting to me than the um, the snobs. But it's not a bad game. It's not a game I'd be like, ah, oh, you're playing um, turn of twenty eight, ah, loser, ha 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 ha. But no, it sounds fun. Like yeah, I'd, if someone was like to start a game, I'd probably build an army and <laughs> happily do so. 
Yeah, I think I played if somebody asked me to, uh, if somebody asked me to and uh, but what I'm really what I'd be really exciting for is to build an army for this game like maybe even have like one or two examples of each units dedicated to a single cult probably the one with the uh turnip relic. Yeah. Uh because like if you get that uh, hunger when you look at uh, pictures of Warhammer armies, this is definitely a thing when you look at pictures of the turnip armies in the rule book or maybe out in the wild. It's like, hey, I've never, I've, I never thought that I'd want weird Napoleonics, like you know, uh, pictures of hell, uh, somebody's biting somebody's ass, somebody's oh, a turnip, and. Uh, like, you know, Hieronymus Bosch painting. Yeah, it's so weird to think about that, like, like this being weird Napoleonics and compare it to, like, Silver Bayonet, which is very explicitly weird Napoleonics in a much more skirmish scale, and how this feels so much more like a Napoleonic game, and that does not feel like anything. Yeah, uh, and it's all, it's also like, yeah, I never had this impulse before, but, like, when you look at, uh, when you look at turnip stuff, you're like, yeah. I, I I'd love that. This looks weird. I, I I'd like to have a weird army like that. Yeah. I'll probably could never use it in any other game, but like, damn, it's a weird army. It looks cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's relatively few models. If you went full fodder, which is twelve guys, you only have four of them. So it's forty-eight, and then three snobs. Like that's not a lot of dudes to build and paint compared to some games and some factions. But you can just have like, like four bast four groups of bastards, and that's like fifteen dudes. Yeah, and if you like, you know, uh go napoleonics like getting 48 napoleonics dude is, is probably the cheapest thing in the world like i don't think any i don't think it get i don't think historics get any cheaper than that no um just go to victrix miniatures limited get that 28 napoleonics uh, napoleonics and just be like oh, okay that was 30 bucks for 400 guys and they're all the right scale like that's, that's um, what is he <laughs> you're like haha i'm in danger oh no yeah. Uh, Box of. For example, like I'm, I'm, I opened up Perry Brothers website right now, and there's like a plastic British Napoleonic line infantry box, which is 36 line infantry and four riflemen, which is hey, three units of fodder and a unit of chaff. So like you all, and that's only 20 pounds. Yeah. So you already have your own army. You just need to provide your own grass tufts. So looking at cannons or artillery or. Yeah. Plastic, uh, plastic Prussian Napoleonic uh, Jaegers and stuff like, just go wild. See how your uncle reacts to you doing bad things to <laughs> Napoleonic infantry miniatures. Honestly, yeah, just like getting um, your old laps wargamer family relatives friends. It's been like, ah, oh, here you've got Napoleonics. I've got the great game. We can pay for it. It's like it's like an hour. Learning setup and game. Yeah, like. yeah. So yeah, uh, this this is a hearty recommend from both of the hosts. Absolutely. So now that we've decided that game is good and we recommend it to people with, uh, especially with people who already have huge piles of plastics they haven't yet painted <laughs> and want to add more to it, that that's, I guess, it for today's show. Uh, I have uh, I have been JC Dent and I plan to be so in the future. Uh, links to my shit can be found in the show description and also our Twitter, which can also probably be found in our show description. <laughs> you can support us on Patreon yet maybe one day so just good vibes and, and follows that's uh, what we want reply to our yeah, stuff yeah yeah and there's uh, and uh, this also has been casa and his links are also in the show description delightful as always yep and uh, 
that's it that's it for this episode see you all next time bye